killers, demons, ghosts outside Screaming you can run but you can't hide You can't scare me, I'm already dead inside Hey, Scaredy Cats. Welcome to a very special episode of the Tex Chris Dave Saw Massacre. Oh, aren't they all? This one's extra special. Ooh, extra. Yeah. And for free. You don't have to pay for this extra. Free podcast. <laughs> this episode is dedicated to Fantasia Fest, mm-hmm. which uh, takes place every year in Montreal, and they pride themselves on being North America's largest genre festival. So we um, get to cover some of these movies and let you know kind of what they're like if you're not in Montreal, if you're not attending this festival. Um, yeah. And moreover, yeah. we're not in Montreal. Right. But uh, they were generous enough to give us remote festival access. So we're going to talk about a good handful of the movies that are playing over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And hopefully build up a little hype for you guys um, so you can keep your eyes peeled for some of these titles coming out at some point, mm-hmm. uh, assuming they get picked up if they do. Yeah, they know it was very exciting. I mean, Fantasia last year they had films like Cam and Nightmare Cinema mm-hmm. debut there, um, that which went on to become huge hits. So it's always exciting to see and speculate. Okay, well, what what are going to be kind of the big titles coming out of the festival this year? Yeah, did I see um, that uh, Freaks was in um, was in this year? Yeah, yeah, yeah and it was at uh, um, Midnight Madness last year. Yeah, so some some movies just kind of linger in the festival circuit for an extended period of time yeah. before they get a, a wider release. So, yeah. yeah, titles like that. I mean, we, we saw Freaks all, over a year ago now. Yeah, and remember how pumped, especially I was after seeing that one. Like, yeah. that was one of my favorite of the favorites of the festival. Yeah, and I, I wonder if it's going to eventually get a kind of larger release, but it's it's still just popping up at different screens. I think it also yeah. did Overlook a couple months ago. So Yeah, it's like, I'm surprised. That it's kind of like got a Stranger Things you feel, and it hasn't yeah. taken off. Yeah, it's hard. Some for some reason, for some, some reason, sometimes you think like this title would have mass wide appeal, and I guess it just takes that larger distributor to believe in it yeah. the same way we do to give it that opportunity. Yeah. So I guess more time on the circuit, more I see it, more good reviews pour in. Yeah. Maybe they've already sold, and um, they're just kind of doing festivals until that release date comes out. But hopefully, mm. hopefully we'll see a wider release for Freaks. That'd be a sweet little deal if you could. You sold your movie, and you still got to show it everywhere. Yeah, for a big release, that's awesome. I don't know how this. I don't know how that works. Well, that'd be sweet. But we're not talking about freaks today. <laughs> no, we have uh, selected uh, a bunch of movies that we thought sounded really great. Mm-hmm. Maybe knew a little bit about a little bit of background, and we saw totally different films, so we could cover yeah. as much as possible. Yeah. So I don't know anything that Chris saw. Mm-hmm. I mean, I might know the titles, but I don't. I didn't see them. No, Chris doesn't know about my movies. Yeah. And how did how did you do overall of the all the movies that you saw? Um. I got to admit, um, first of all, like this festival has just an unbelievable amount of movies. Yeah. Like, uh, it was hard to go through the whole list. This is yeah. like a three week festival. Yeah. Which is to... very long compared to all the other major festivals yeah, that happen in North America. Kind of crazy. So like going through that list, just looking at all of those names and titles and trying to get the yeah. quick little descriptions and stuff like they're huge, huge festival. So this is super exciting. But I, honestly, I did really well. That's awesome. I, I saw a few good movies that i really really liked one specifically that i'm gonna gush gush hard about yeah let's it. let's say we go out the gate with um the favorite things that we saw at fantasia some really good this year. stuff okay. yeah yeah so um go for it really this whole episode is just a giant take it away dave yeah like one big long scare and tell um so this movie 
was awesome. It is a cool little uh, sci-fi drama from Spain called The Incredible Shrinking Weekend. Mm-hmm. Have you have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Just the title and the one line description. I'm going to say that every single time, so get used to it. Perfect. Um, the Incredible Shrinking Weekend. Mm-hmm. WKND. Right. Um, Any reason for that, or is that just a stylized choice? I think it's got a bit of a reason. And we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. So um, the the little synopsis of this is a woman falls into a time loop that forces her to repeatedly relive an emotional day of vacation with friends, each repetition running shorter than the last. A premise I'm always excited to check out, regardless of the budget level, where yeah. it comes from. Yeah, and, and I would go so far as to say I'm always pumped to check out a time loop movie, but I'm generally assured it's not going to be killer because like everyone's brain goes to Groundhog Day, mm-hmm. right? And then most recently we've got like the Happy Death Days, yep. which they're not my cup of tea per se. Um, there was like, was Triangle one of those kind of movies? Well, yeah, you got, I mean, you have that whole a huge influx of them it seems kind of around 2010 yeah where you go from like or even primers earlier i think that's 2004 but yeah. primer time crimes um time lapse Dude, is that the I one was, with the yeah I was, love the love all of those which one is the one with the ethan hawk um, oh yeah transcendence Transcendent, that's a trippy yeah. one too yeah um, coherence arguably is somewhat in that yeah and uh, family as well yeah it's good that you bring that up because it does have a coherency feel it's this group of friends at like that you know sort of 30s age mm-hmm. where they're meeting up together and they don't get to do this as often as they used to when they became great friends and um we follow this main character who really is sort of stuck in that 20s party lifestyle um, where everyone else around her is growing up and, you know, moving on and having babies and getting jobs in different places. Um, we've all been that person. We've all... Who just want keeps party, <laughs> who yeah. wants to keep partying well. All yeah. their friends move on. We've all been that person still. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, so she she's that kind of person and she kind of gets called out for it. But she walks out in the middle of the woods one day just annoyed at something somebody said mm-hmm. and uh her ball falls in a little stream and she it floats down the stream she follows it into this weird like um i think it's an old abandoned gun factory okay like underneath that this is little waterwork kind of arch looking thing and she stands there and then for no obvious reason the water stops flowing a spider in a web stops climbing and everything's just frozen for a second she looks around and then it starts up again like nothing happened Mm-hmm. Um, and so she keeps waking up at like the first shot of the movie every time like time loops again. Yeah. Um, I can't say too much more than that about exactly what happens because um, we're going to do our best not to spoil these movies for you guys. That's right. Um, unlike a usual text Chris Davis episode. Um, but uh, yeah, so the the time loops she discover keep growing shorter and shorter. And uh, that's what sounds original about this one. The yeah. fact that. Uh, yeah, you, it, you're getting less and less time as it goes on. Yeah, and so she's figuring this out. Um, and the it's really easy to understand, like the logic they give you for time. And even this is a Spanish language language movie, so um, you do have to pay attention to subtitles. But it was so easy to follow. Um, they give the analogy of uh, it's like the ball she's holding. She bounces it, and it slowly, the entropy stops it from bouncing. Oh, perfect, yeah. And so there's this point in the movie where she actually kind of... Um, she realizes what time it, it resets mm-hmm. and then um, she tries to plan something around that and then time resets an hour earlier. So that's how she figures out 
the speed of the entropy and she does math on like a chalkboard mm. and determines how many more cycles she has left before it flats out yeah before she reaches zero or, yeah. or whatever and you don't necessarily know what that means um they don't give you a ton at least at the beginning they don't give you a ton of what's happening or why and that's not necessarily the point mm-hmm. um and so she goes through all these like crazy like it is kind of like Happy Death Day to you, you know, where she's like the one time she walks out naked, you know, she, the one time she slaps somebody. Yeah, that's a, a classic moment in any kind of uh, time loop movie. The moment where the character um, just becomes kind of apathetic and says, fuck it, yeah. and just um, starts either having a good time or just not caring about themselves or what happens to them. Yeah, so like so there's all these little beats that happen throughout the day like in every one of those movies like her dad calls and talks about his doctor's appointment mm-hmm. or her boyfriend wants to have a serious discussion her two friends talk or you know want to go out in the woods and talk to the, her about their careers or whatever yeah. and so she knows all these things are coming so in different iterations she does different things and like plans for it and she generally keeps it like above the board like she doesn't go too dark with it the, like the darkest that it gets because it's more it, it's really more of a drama than it is something deeply disturbing or anything like that hmm. the the darkest it gets is that she realizes that her party weekend never has to end so, so she starts like you know just being crazy hungover and smelly and because oh, yeah. for her time isn't resetting like I, I see the logic of this narratively now like to have yeah. a character who doesn't want to grow up from that be trapped in the situation where you will never get to grow up yeah. from that. yeah she gets caught in a time loop and after a couple she's like really scared and then she like suddenly it sinks in that like this is what i want i don't want this weekend to end mm. you know so it it and then it becomes her growing and like trying to use this time loop to make some positive stuff happen. Right. Um, the ending is great. The acting is great. It looks so good cause it's in the woods and, um, yeah, the cinematography is awesome. The performances are all awesome. Wow. Incredible shrieking weekend. Yeah. And one more thing I'll add, um, about the weekend, you know, the potentially the yes. shortened yeah. version of weekend. Because the title has, for weekend, it says W-K-N-D, all yeah. in caps. Yeah. Um, so it's missing three E's or, you know, it's been truncated. Um, the Her friend, her three friends' names all start with E. <laughs> Any more guesses? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all I got. Um, the, I noticed probably about 40 minutes left in the movie, I noticed that, like, the framing of it was, like, square. Oh, yeah. And I was like, what the hell? I didn't realize that at the beginning. Why would they do this? Um, and... It the, frame my, rate, the frame rate changes throughout the, the film the frame of the the image itself was right. square yes rather than widescreen full widescreen and i was like that's interesting i rewound to the beginning and it wasn't yeah the frame shrinks the entire movie it gets tighter and tighter it gets tighter and tighter beautiful and there is a moment where it is basically a sliver oh my and god it's almost like the characters are being lost and it's it, that's it, great it is so cool that's such a fun way to um mess with the format and take it take it to the next level yeah Cool. I can't wait to check that one out, man. Awesome movie. The Incredible Shrinking Weekend. Check it out if you can. I loved it. I give it 3.5 out of 5. Nice. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Russian Doll is the other one that we forgot. Right. That's like a more recent, oh, dude. There's which is fantastic. 50 we forgot. Yeah. <laughs> but that one I'm particularly excited about. I'm curious what the Russian Doll. Second, yeah, I, I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. That show. Um, she's fantastic. Cockroach. Okay. So okay. let's come out swinging. That's your favorite one from the festival? It's up there. It's up there? Yeah. All right. I one. wanted to save one. Okay. You have one that you like even more. Okay. So I'm going to start with my favorite one. This is one that I was very much looking forward to seeing. Um, it's called Riot Girls. 
mm-hmm. from Jovanka yeah. Vukovic, who okay. we know from doing the short The Box in XX. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I remember that one. So I like right after XX, I think this thing was going into production or maybe they already had filmed it, but either way, we became aware of it just from the one sentence description. And from even that description, I got really excited for this movie to eventually come out. It filmed in the Toronto area. I remember last fall they were editing it at the Royal, which is the theater that I love in yeah. our neighborhood. Yeah. So she was like working a few weeks wow. in that theater, making this movie during wow. the day. So it was, I've, I've had like a That's lot of excitement. Personal to Chris. Yeah. I've been very much looking forward to seeing what this movie is. Um, the premise is in an alternative 1995, a mysterious disease has wiped out all of the adults in this new age. Two gangs are pitted against each other in a brutal war for territory resources and survival. So yeah, it's a bit of a period piece. Everyone is super punk. So everyone's got like yeah. studded belts and mohawks and at least the gang that we are following the yeah. East East siders. I think they're called. It's like, there's the West side and the East side. Okay. Um, like warriors the, style. Exactly. It, it definitely feels like warriors in a lot of ways. And um, the West side is kind of the richy preppy kids. They're all wearing <laughs> run by like, the jocks and they all have like their football jerseys and they're kind of maintaining control even though it's clear that not everyone on their side is really interested in listening to what the jocks do or say but they're just the most powerful presence so everyone just kind of like yields mad max style yeah and then on the east side you just kind of have a scrappy gang of of kids who are clearly from the other side of the tracks trying to make do um trying to kind of gather whatever resources that they can and kind of live a more chill lifestyle on their side of the tracks. Anyways, um, it's not huge in terms of building this whole world and trying to like establish exactly what happened with this disease that wiped out all the adults or where it's going to go. It is more kind of like a day in the life or like a random episode of an instance that happens in this world where these two different factions exist. And the, the tension or the narrative is driven by the fact that one of them goes out and hijacks a van full of kind of water and a few other resources from the opposite gang ends up killing the two dudes who had those resources um they take the water back and later they realize oh wait if there were two dudes on that van usually there aren't two there was probably something more valuable in that van that i should go back for and check he goes back but the other gang is there they kidnap him and the whole movie is kind of like a rescue mission to go in okay. and get their friend back. Okay. Led by um, these two females named Nat and Scratch, who are heading into enemy awesome. territory <laughs> to try to rescue their friend and bring him back. That um, is cool. It's so fun. Like, the aesthetics are great. Like, it's just so great seeing that 90s punk style. I mean, this mm. is kind of um, my early conscious memories of things that impressed me and that I was drawn to, that kind of music and that whole scene. Yep, yep. So I very much have nostalgia for that, and it's great to see it. Um in such a, a well-done way. It's got a whole kind of comic book aesthetic at the same time, like it does the opening credits in that style and okay. a few moments throughout the movie in kind of like a Scott Pilgrim-y way. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know so I think that works very well. The The performances are all great. The soundtrack is fantastic. It really reminded me a lot of The Ranger, which came out last year. Mm-hmm. And I think these two yeah. kind of make really good companion films. It would be a great double feature. They're very much kind of the same vibe, just a group of punks. Uh, what, <laughs> what makes this one different i'd say is you love your group of punks movies. love them i can't help it can't help myself um but 
this one has some fantastic gore and for a movie Ooh, like yeah. this you would assume that it would just be kind of like a pg movie like it, it seems almost like one of these kind of young adult dystopian type things which we see a ton of mm-hmm. but no this one goes there there is like a lot of like they, they kill each other they straight up kill each other yeah. and when you in said really that, graphic ways when he kills the the two people yeah it's like oh they're kids right that's yeah that's what takes it to the next level yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's just cool. like classic root for the misfits, um, but with lots of blood and violence. And what's the soundtrack? Like? It's a great time. It's it's fantastic. I loved yeah. it. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I really, truly like this movie. I'd give this three and a half stars. Nice. Out dude. of five. Um, wow. Yeah. That so one sounds great. It is great. So again, like it's, it is like just a simple story. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's not doing anything profound. It's not like saying anything dramatic. It's just a really fucking good time. Yeah. That's definitely the type of, you know, story that you want a good time for. I don't want some sophisticated take on, you know, yeah, I don't punks need to, in a Mad Max exactly. world. I don't need to reflect deeply on, you know, our human condition. Yeah. I'm, I just want to, like, have a good time and rock out. And that's what this movie felt like. Hell yeah. And that's that's funny, too, because just in premise alone, like, it's like parents are gone. I just want to have a good time and rock out. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, great. it definitely, like, it's just full of that kind of youthful energy and spunk. And yeah. Awesome. Check dude. it out. Sweet. You want to hear about another one I watched? Yeah, let's hear it. This one is called uh, The Odd Family, Zombie on Sale. Yes. Um, it, the literal t- It's Korean, um, South Korean horror comedy. The literal title is Strange Family. Okay. But we that, got that, The Odd <laughs> Family, Zombie on Sale. The Odd Family, uh, colon, Zombie, zombie on Sale. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, love to, I'd love to hear the story behind that choice, that meeting where they yeah. chose both of those titles. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. To be the English title of the movie. Uh, directed by uh, Lee Min Jae Young. Um, it revolves around the Park family whose lives get disrupted after their elderly father gets bitten by a zombie. Nice and simple. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's. I talked. Um, I guess it was also at um, Toronto After Dark. I saw the. Um, that zombie movie. Hey, uh, I, I'm a hero? I am a hero, I feel like, from 2015. Mm-hmm. Um and it yeah it had this sort of like comic booky silly um style with moments of like high action you know and, and moments of almost comic booky looking yeah action silliness mm-hmm. um this one was a lot like that and uh, one thing that strikes me between both of these movies um and that's so different than most zombie movies i take part in is um when you go to south korea and you have a zombie thing there are no guns you know, guns aren't proliferated, so it just doesn't come up. So when, you know, a zombie appears, someone puts their hands out to defend themselves or they hit it with a stick or they walk right up to it because, you know, yeah, there's there isn't this concept of, you know, take out your weapon and stand at a distance. It's, it's like not, it's not self-evident that everyone's got a gun on hand ready yeah. to deal with this. Yeah. And when and um, it, this takes place in a really small town, um, which they refer to as the boonies like 300 times. Um, and did you learn the Japanese or the Korean word for boonies? I did not. Surprisingly, <laughs> uh, I learned no Korean. Um, but uh, yeah, it's in this tiny little town. They, they just have this weird attitude of like, you know, everyone knows each other. And, you know, you just someone does something weird. You walk up and you grab them by the shirt. What are you doing? <laughs> you know, like. it's that kind of situation so it starts with just this like um this radio interview of of someone talking about these students who are messing around with genetic stuff and weird drugs they shouldn't have been and while that's happening there's this like um 
big aluminum drum that's like half buried in the desert or whatever. Okay. And uh, this zombie teenage boy kind of climbs out of it, like rips through a bag and he just climbs out and he's a zombie. So he starts walking towards town and this is when it becomes silly is like the zombies are really like, they're almost just like a really, really slow three stooges kind of. Like he, there's two women walking towards him and he lunges for them and he just goes right between them because he can't decide which one to get. Mm -hmm. And then they just walk away and he doesn't get them. And then there's this big long bit where he's like, he sees a dog and he tries to go get the dog, but then the dog attacks him. So he runs away from the dog. So the zombies are like scared of half running away from a dog because, you know. Almost the concept of it is like a, a parody of like imagine Frankenstein walks in a room, someone hits him in the head and he goes, Ooh, and he runs out like it's kind of like that. Uh, it was just silly. Hmm. And uh, so I was I was in it for a silly zombie movie like that. And the family is so dumb and whatever. Um, but I, it's hard to the first part of the movie is not like what it becomes. Um they what happens is um the the zombie kid who runs from the dog he ends up hiding in this gas station where the family works and the the father or the grandfather character um he walk the father he walks in and he uh ends up getting bitten on his head mm-hmm. um and the result what happens there is it looks like he becomes a zombie he he gets like feverish and real zombie like overnight and he walks down and he sits at the table and he's completely fine and healthy. And no one can make sense of it, like what happened to him. And um, he starts meeting up with all his old guy friends, one of which is like famously getting married, but they all are old and horrible. And they're like, oh, I wish I was young. Like, very silly. Um, this guy who's just been bitten by a zombie is suddenly healthy and like feels a little young and more spry. It's interesting. And so... All his friends want to know what happened, and they're offering to pay him money if they'll, if he can do what happened to him to them. So he's like, "I got bit by this weird zombie kid." So they find him. They oh kind of like, God. and they keep him in the garage. And there's this little hole in the wall, and they they start having people pay money to stick their arm in, get bit, and get bit by him. Um, and so that's all great. Um, a great little business. So basically these guys are going to get younger and stronger and all these old guys are going to give you all their money. And so the family starts doing way better. Um, and meanwhile, like a funny little thing is this, they keep giving him cabbages because cabbages look like brains and he loves the cabbages. And then the, uh, (laughs) he and the main, um, like girl who have this sort of relationship, they both love ketchup, so he starts only eating cabbages with, with ketchup. ketchup on it. That's great. <laughs> yeah, so it's a pretty funny moment. And there's this hilarious scene where they she takes him as like a reward because mm-hmm. she starts to fall for him. Takes the zombie whose name is Songbi, um, takes him to um, <laughs> takes him to a cabbage patch. And it goes in like slow motion. It has this like whimsical music, and he's like so excited. But he's a zombie. He's like, oh, oh, and he doesn't know what to do. And he keeps picking up cabbages. <laughs> this part, he's just sitting in the corner with like a pile of like a hundred of them, just eating a cabbage. It's really, really funny. Wow. Um, and yeah, it's it's a moment where she takes the cabbage from him, and they start running, and it's in like slow motion, like two you know lovers chasing each other through a field. It's hysterical. Um, so what happens, uh, after that point, after everything's going well for this family, 
suddenly all these old guys who have been bitten all start turning into actual zombies. So it's like we saw this silly zombie boy who's like running from a dog and this kind of dumb thing where he's eating cabbages and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden there's just a turning point where it turns into a real honest to goodness zombie movie. Great makeup, terrifying acting. They can kind of like half run and shamble a little. Mm -hmm. So like they almost immediately like take over this gas station and there's so much going this plot is so bonkers i couldn't explain half of like what's going on and some of those things would be spoilers so i won't but it sounds like there's a lot of really interesting original ideas definitely for a zombie film which is really exciting and i think really rare these days even like jim jarmusch's um the dead don't die which i saw a few weeks back yep just um, doesn't have a lot to offer in terms of new ideas for the zombie flat. genre. I mean, yeah. everything you've described so far just makes this one sound so much more original and interesting. There, okay, yeah. There is this moment. So that's about it. And it's just the resolution is kind of good. The actual zombie stuff at the end becomes really good. Mm-hmm. I said they have no guns. So like they put on like a bunch of coats, like a like, they're like several layers and they've got like pots tied to their heads and stuff like that. Yeah. And there's a scene where they're like running from zombies and some, a zombie like grabs one of the coats and a bunch of down fills the air and it goes into slow motion and it just looks amazing. They've got a thousand of those shots to contrast some of the silliness that happens at the right. beginning. But there's this one part where there's a zombie kind of walking around on the roof of the gas station. The gas station has been souped up with all the money that they made from the old man biting. Yeah. Um, so there's all these crazy lights all over the gas station hanging and all these neon things and the zombies walking up near where all the power cords are. Um, and this is happening right as the huge horde is coming into the gas station. So they're walking under all these like strings of lights and stuff like that mm-hmm. as this one zombie is sort of getting tangled up in the wires up top. <laughs> And it's a big climactic moment and this huge like almost rave music comes in as there's this huge explosion and all of the lights start like exploding and flickering with this rave music and the zombies are like reaching up trying to get as if participating in the rave and the zombie who's getting electrocuted is standing above them on this platform who looks like like a a DJ DJ, and his arms like (laughs) up in the air And it's like rave music and and he's got his arms up spazzing. Okay, that sounds awesome. And it it wasn't phoned in. It's one of the best scenes I've ever seen. Wow. I laughed so hard. I paused it. I went back and I watched it again. And then after I was done watching the movie, I took some notes. I watched it again. You watched the whole movie No, no, just the rave scene. Just those scenes. Great. So you have that that time stamped. So at the very least, I can go check that out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, dude. It was so funny. So overall, like at the end of the day... Uh, recommend uh, did you like it love it i i re at first i just liked it and then it just yeah as you get near the end it's so much more bonkers and s- like the style is so funny and so great i loved it yeah great i i absolutely recommend checking out the odd family colon zombie on sale <laughs> uh really really great movie i give it a three out of five awesome great yeah man okay uh that brings me to a little movie called porno that played at a Fantasia Fest. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. Porno. Porno. And um, I wanted to see this one just basically. I think I thought the description sounded hilarious. That's why I checked it out. It's called or it goes when five teen employees at the local movie theater in a small Christian town discover oh, yeah. a mysterious old film hidden in its basement. They unleash an alluring succubus, which gives them a sex education dot 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 written in blood. So, I mean, <laughs> great sounding premise, right? Like that's, I can see how you'd, you'd want to like, uh, 
just invest and be a part of a movie how, that had did, that that premise. How did they describe the film they found or the movie they found? Um, just mysterious old film hidden a in the basement. Mysterious old film. Yeah. <laughs> that does it for you. Well, knowing that the, t- the title of the movie is porno. porno. And- yeah, yeah. Well, it's, I mean, like, so that I found hilarious in the premise alone. Just this contrast of, okay, you're going to have a bunch of just super Christian kids. Yeah. And then, like, in this town that is entirely Christian. And then, like, just pornography. Just, like, fucking them up in the yeah. form of... The- like, I mean, I love that. That's great. The metaphor is very clear. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's a very great story idea. Unfortunately, the execution isn't as satisfying as you'd fully want it to be. Right. Um, it still has some great things going for it. I think in particular, the gore at a few moments is unbelievable. Like there is just this shockingly wonderful um, gory scene that I don't even want to give too much detail of. But if you're just a fan of like really good makeup and prosthetics, it's probably worth checking out a few of those scenes. Cool. Um, the dialogue and characters definitely fall flat. It definitely seems very cheesy. It seems like a very... Um, early project in a writer's trajectory where they're not fully sure, like yeah. fleshing out characters properly. Some of the performances are okay. Um, it, it just seems a little too silly. Like I think doing a premise like this, especially both of us come from Christian backgrounds. Yep. Um, so I, f- I feel like you would have to really be a part of a community like that to understand like how people talk, how people act. It almost seemed like too caricature the way that right. all okay. these Christians like, well, we can't do that. Like Jesus wouldn't want us to like it just a little. So that just seemed a little silly. Maybe that won't annoy um, people who aren't from a Christian background to the same extent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, like it was just a little silly. Some of the characters were a little silly. Um, so that was, that was a little bit unfortunate. Um, yeah, it's bound to have a letdown. Yeah, in, in a, a festival just so jam packed with movies. Yeah, it's... essentially they're like they run this theater and they're showing two movies, and I think it also takes place like in the past, which is interesting. Um, period piece. Yeah, they're showing like Encino Man, and I forget what the other movie is. But because they were doing a good job, the owner of the theater was like, "All right, when, once you're done showing that last movie tonight, you guys can just have the theater yourself, and you can watch one of the two movies, either Encino Man or whatever the, the second rom com was." And um they're sitting there and they're setting up and they're about to watch whatever. And then like a random person just happens to be in the theater and they're like, how'd this guy get in here? And he just kind of like rages around and like starts hitting a wall. And of course, like the wall shatters and reveals a hidden chamber yeah, in which course. they go in and then they find this tape and they put it on. And it's just like a really poorly done art housey, somewhat sensual film. Like it's not even pornography <laughs> but they're watching it and they're all like having their kind of minds blown they're like what's happening what's happening God, what are those yeah and then they just they start kind of seeing that person kind of wandering around theater people that they see or images that they saw in that movie start kind of appearing and attacking mm. them and okay. they end up being locked in the theater like they get just kind of stuck in there and they're dealing with this demon and they have to figure it out and the succubus the succubus yeah is the succubus good Mm. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately this one is a bit of a letdown yeah. even though like it is a very very exciting idea it, it, it doesn't it yeah. doesn't do what you want it to do really so yep. yeah i have to give this one um one and a half stars unfortunately unfortunate yep but great premise great five great, stars for premise great premise um so like I, i'd be excited to see kind of what that writer comes up with next and maybe maybe they work out some of the kinks that were yeah. an issue in this one. And they clearly have picked good collaborators because the makeup and gore is amazing. I oh. want to show you just like clips of the movie just to appreciate how, yeah. how insane some of those moments are. Well, you should maybe watch like, yeah, we'll do a little, little highlight gore and maybe watch some uh, <laughs> zombie, rave. zombie stuff. Sounds yeah. great. All so, right. What do you got next? I got my favorite one. 
All right, let's hear it. <laughs> of the festival. It's called Sator. Mm-hmm. It's spelled S-A-T-O-R, and I wanted it to be Sator. Yeah. Um, but it's Sator, and they yeah. make that very clear. I-, I wanted to watch this one as well. I was fine with you taking it, but, I mean, it sounded fantastic. Yeah, I didn't even hesitate when I saw it. I'm like, definitely that one. So, um, it- it's an American supernatural slow burn, mm-hmm. is how I would describe it, uh, directed by Jordan Graham. Um, and Jordan Graham... Uh, wrote, directed, produced, shot, edited, and did just about everything on the movie. It took him five years. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, like, this is one guy who made it. Other than, like, the actors, Yeah. he made this movie over five years. So, like, it brings to mind, like, Phantasm, like, the first Phantasm and stuff. Yeah. But, like, five years. It's a long time. Yeah. And, and the thing is, like, this movie is super artsy and close up on people's faces and stuff. So they had, he had the same like few actors, including one very old woman mm-hmm. for five years making this movie. And there's like flashbacks where there's like makeup on people so that they look older or younger. It's well, did the filming take place like phantasm across a long period of time or was the filming just one component and then all the post-production just took all those I, other I, years? I don't believe there's a tremendous amount of post-production at all. Like is, huh. yeah, there's not a lot of, of after effects or anything so um it's hard to hard to say exactly what happens in this movie without just like copying right from fantasy please please Fantasia give Fest, a description but, yeah. um the my, the what i wrote down is um in a remote forest setting three grandchildren deal with their grandmother's connection with an entity she calls a satyr um and it is kind of as simple as that because they're up in the woods um and they're super isolated this guy lives in a cabin with like you know, it seems like no electricity or anything. Like mm-hmm. he's just got a gun and a dog and, you know, he eats like wieners out of a can. Like that's like canned wieners, canned wieners. And he throws a couple to his dog, he eats them and he checks his deer cam for photos, but you don't really know what this guy's doing. Um, he's just this lonely, isolated, paranoid looking hunter. And he blows this weird whistle and he just goes through the woods with his gun blowing this weird whistle that's got like a cross in it mm-hmm. like the air comes through a cross okay it makes this weird sound and he like looks around and then weird you get this weird feeling but then nothing happens so it's got kind of like a it comes at night feel to it yeah it sounds like it um but there's definitely stuff happening um so like the movie takes place largely like without dialogue this guy maybe has two lines in the whole movie um which is like an hour 40 like, mm-hmm one of those lines is like lost my dog and the other one is yeah like he says nothing and the other character like his brother who is another is just sort of woodsy wears camo has a big beard you know just hunter bear bring the beers like there's they just don't say much but he's kind of got this this um his brother that is has this sort of running thought in his head about his mom and Seder. So this this concept of Seder, they're constantly talking about it. They, when they visit the grandmother, which happens every, uh, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. Um, and in those moments, like in the first half of the movie, whenever you're visiting with the grandmother, it's in black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like a little square frame. The rest of the movie with the main guy takes place in like widescreen color. And then there are flashbacks that are sepia that are like handheld camera home videos. 
and all these things mix together and like sometimes it'll be like the perspective of the guy walking down the hall and it switches to the flashback mm-hmm. um but it doesn't totally make sense early in the movie because there's no precedent for someone holding a camera to come in man you had a couple titles that mess with the format yeah. in interesting ways yeah and it, it was very interesting and it it's one of those ones that definitely comes together right at the end you get everything and it pays like, off like hereditary like this whole like what was going on you these tapes are constantly playing about who like Seder is and mm-hmm. you know it, basically the concept is Seder is just this entity that, 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 that. It, <laughs> the Seder is this entity that is connected to the grandmother and that's in the trailer and everything like that's gotcha <laughs> thank, I know, you, that thank who, you for that edited it well so, so, as someone who's excited to <laughs> yeah. see this I feel like you are telling a lot about it but. no I, I swear I'm not all right sweet I swear I'm not um yeah, so the most of the the beginning of the movie is just like you see all these images that will be explained over you know the course of the movie, but the grandma is just like this nice lady. It's um the taking of Deborah Logan. Yeah, remember that? It's sort of got that sort of mockumentary feel almost because hmm. she's just like talking to a camera and going like, oh, he asks me to write things down and I do, and he takes care of me, and she's really friendly and nice, and you don't get this dark, disturbing feeling other than when this guy's walking around and you don't know why he's all dark and stuff you don't mm. know what the connection to the grandma and Seder to him is yeah um so yeah i'll leave it that big slow burn whatever the ending is insane um it's just like i was watching it and just enjoying myself and mm-hmm. then there was some sudden like <gasps> moments <laughs> where like i actually went oh my god reminded like reminiscent right. of the ritual reminiscent of blair witch 2016 like fantastic woods movie amazing cinematography oh man i it, it was so good four out of five just my favorite by far it was so awesome. good i love a good fucking woods horror movie so i'm th- that is going to be the one i check out first after watch this. it for watch sure 100 dude awesome sounds great all right my next one that i saw is a movie called homewrecker directed by zach gain and written by precious chong and alex esso and now that I'm reading that name along, is that Tommy Chong's daughter? God damn it. Is that a thing? We got to figure this out. Yeah. Can you Google precious? Here, I'll do it. So, okay. It's Tommy Chong's daughter, apparently. Wow. So this movie is written by Alex Esso and Precious Chong, Tommy Chong's daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are the two leads of this movie. So this is clearly a passion project. Yeah. They clearly kind of came up with this premise, wanted to work together. Alex Esso, people may know from Starry Eyes. She's a lead of that. Okay. And she's um, playing the Shelley Duvall character in the upcoming Doctor Sleep. She's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, she's gonna she's about to become yeah. even bigger. But this yeah. is like a very much a small scale film, um, probably done very cheaply, done here in Toronto. Um, features a Toronto actor as kind of her husband character. There's one scene in a coffee shop in the beginning that I looked out in the background. I'm like, where is this coffee shop? And I just have to Google it <laughs> to figure out where it was. And it's in the East End, which is why I didn't fully recognize it. But well, do you know? Remember what it was? Grinder. Gone. It's just like far on the Danforth somewhere. But yeah. So the premise of this movie is two women befriend each other, but one becomes obsessed with the other. So it starts off. I love it. (laughs) It starts off with just like the most insane exercise regiment you've ever seen. It's like a a montage of um, the two of them clearly who don't know each other, but one keeps looking over at the other one the whole time doing for just like a spin class, then a yoga class, then like lifting weights and Mm. then like some kind of other. There's like... 
imagine doing like three exercise classes back to back and then going and lifting weights or something and that is whatever yeah. for some reason the alex esso character is yeah. doing and then going to popeyes and then going to grinder <laughs> <laughs> and wow ordering coffee and um doing your work for the day i guess but so she's sitting down at the coffee shop and this other woman comes up and she's like hey i've seen you around i'm so and so blah blah nice to meet you i'm just gonna join you let me grab a coffee and she's reluctantly just like oh okay yeah sure sure and this woman just like won't kind of leave her alone but she's too kind to say like i'm trying to work here please go away it kind of um they they have connection and she starts opening up to this woman for some reason she clearly Mm -hmm. is um feeling overwhelmed with her relationship and just needs to dish to someone doesn't have someone to talk to ends up getting in a car with this woman and going back to her house okay yeah i'm starting to get (laughs) and like starts to like take drinks that this woman is offering her suspicious drinks and it quickly becomes apparent that this woman is not going to let this other woman leave her house she's brought her in and she is now trapped in this house it's it's that kind of a movie okay um unfortunately we have had a few of these movies recently this is greta this is yeah, Ma. Yeah, yeah. Ma yeah. So, th- I mean, it, it does feel like this is something we have seen a lot of. And mm-hmm. in like, I don't particularly love any of those movies. I don't think that they, I don't think that Greta and Ma are great films. There are things that I love about it, especially yeah. the lead performance in both of those movies. Isabel Huppert and Octavia Spencer are fantastic in them. Sure. Um, and same in this one, Precious Strong is very entertainingly nuts in the way that you kind of need to be mm-hmm. in a situation like this, where you are essentially kidnapping another adult in a yeah, misery type situation. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it, it definitely has its moments and there are some really interesting creative choices by uh, the director to portray that insanity. Like there are a few shots kind of near the end the way, where the way the camera is moving with precious mm-hmm. um, throughout the house. That is a particularly great, but overall, it, it it didn't really satisfy. I think maybe these kind of movies just aren't for me. Like the kind of yeah. um, one person trapping another person and not letting them leave type of film. Um, well, I mean, with the exception of like loved ones. Yes. Loved ones would be a fantastic example of that. Yeah. So maybe maybe it, it has to be done well or right. And it right has to have some weird component to it. Some Weirder yeah. than just I'm obsessed. You know? Yeah. Stalking just, on its own isn't. Exactly. And they're always the movies always do try to provide something for that. Greta does it in, I think the most interesting way. Um, Ma does it somewhat. Okay. And this one is just kind of a a bit of a letdown in terms of its Mm. justification or backstory or um, there, there are a lot of eighties elements thrown in, which I do appreciate. Um, She's clearly someone who peaked in the eighties when she was in high school. And she keeps referring back to that. So she's just kind of stuck there and trying to, all right. Like why, why don't people like me the way they used to? I was so popular in high school. What's going on now? Like (laughs) Like, just like a dentist entitled lonely person. Yeah. 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 I'm a golden God. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So, okay. So um, ultimately I, I wasn't obsessed over it, but I do think that people who like those kind of tense um, scenarios and that type of plot would probably get something out of it. I think it's just very impressive as what seems to be clearly a passion project. Yeah. Because these two wrote together, found a director to get on board and made it. I mean, I think it's pretty impressive from that perspective. Yeah. 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 Um, move right into my next movie um, mm-hmm. because in, in a very similar vein um, it's a little passion project um, but what's cool about it is it's actually a little family it's a, a mother father and their daughter oh right that all made this one together that made yes. this movie together yeah the daughter co-directed and mm-hmm. um, they all starred in it so it's this little cast of three basically and this is the deeper you dig 
Uh, the Deeper You Dig, yes. This is called The Odd Family, Zombie Onset. <laughs> no, the Deeper You Dig, um, it's an American supernatural drama um, directed by John Adams, Toby Poser, and their daughter, Zelda. Um, so, all three are co-credited. Yeah, um, so the directors, they say, are, and they all wrote, um, uh, John Adams and Toby Poser, they're married, and their daughter co-directed. Mm-hmm. Um, so she probably got a taste, but I... Gotcha. Um, is she younger? Is that why you say that? Yeah, she's like... 15 16 oh amazing yeah um pretty great to have a directing credit at <laughs> yeah <laughs> that dude. age and she, she does a good job like she makes herself and not to say that she did it on her own but like she is a very cool component of the movie hmm. like she's a very cool teenager and she's not angsty or dealing with a bunch of issues like that she's just a cool character who you like huh so that's lovely um the concept here is after a tragic accident a mother her daughter and their reclusive neighbor are thrust into a series of supernatural events great um yeah so um this is not my favorite movie i want to give credit where it's due just like you were at the at the end of your description there um it's so cool that this was a passion project that a little family worked on. Yeah. There's something very intimate about like the performances between all of them, you know, like, you know, I don't want to say, I, I, yeah, I won't say what happens. Um, cause it, it is certainly worth watching. I would say like 60% of like the, the cinematography and the sequences that they try to build are interesting. Okay. The, um, after effects or the special effects that they use are like, one out of ten they're horrible oh like, man yeah they they catch your eye and they're frustratingly bad but was this a a rough take of the screener because i don't know if you noticed but on one of the screeners that i had for home record this last one it said um the color correction isn't done and the sound oh. the sound editing isn't there yet uh no no there <laughs> this, wasn't any warning no of that kind okay. this is a polished finished product and it was it just looked like um i don't know like the like college humor special effects like mm. Like what you do on a, a simple green screen, like something me and Trevor would do. So this family should have adopted a visual effects person or a um, makeup person uh, into their family. Yeah. <laughs> um, instead of having three directors in the family, maybe one person on makeup. <laughs> Go to makeup school, please. <laughs> we got enough directors. Yeah. Um, but it, it was it was okay because, like, again, a lot of the movie was, you know, that's a good shot. That's good use of, you know, the fact that all you have right here is a person outside mm-hmm. and some lights. And they make it look really good by, you know, messing with the contrast, messing with the focus a lot, putting in some weird like dreamy images and stuff like that. Um, but the mother and the daughter, it's cool. It's it's a lot like um, Ouija where they're kind of like the mother's a, a medium or a psychic, mm-hmm. but she's scamming people. Yeah. Because she's sort of like lost her faith or her interest in the whole thing. The so, Ouija sequel, Origin of Evil. Yeah, Origin yeah. of Evil. Um, so she's basically scamming people out of money and her daughter thinks it's hilarious um and uh she uses that throughout the movie to like it's kind of almost exorcisty in a way like there's like a big mythos behind like the tarot decks that they have Mm -hmm. and the powers that she has and her protege that she trained and they they try to figure out who's the cause of this accident that occurred um and it's kind of got some haunting stuff. It's got some possession stuff. Um, some, when they don't use a special effect and they just use like, you know, reveals with camera movement and sound and stuff, they do a great job. And honestly, like they deserve so much credit because they're good at making movies. It's just, there is a clear 
maybe get an outside perspective to mm. to you know smooth down some of these edges that weren't quite so so good the special effects being one and some moments of of acting and choices that the characters make and stuff like that Do, are they the actors as well yeah so they all direct and act and they just make yep. this movie well wow. yep yeah so it's uh so it's pretty cool um yeah it's uh it, one thing that was cool was they used um some i should look where they filmed um some northern looking town that was just super um forested i guess but like with trees without leaves and like ice and snow on those things which is very skeletal and looked really good the landscapes were really really good but then like the next day all the snow would be melted and it would seem like warm and like you know part of like the drama at one point is the ground is too hard to dig in you know like because it's frozen yeah so i had no sense of time Mm. at all in this movie like and that's i think another another um failing of not having another perspective too yeah that's weird I th- i'm just worried the power is going to go out because of this oh, weather but oh we'll right see. yeah here's hoping it don't yeah. um yeah so it was i think overall it's it's what i would call a good movie but yeah it definitely has some some hang-ups that don't don't let it hang with the the better ones that i saw in this festival so far but it's certainly worth following these people yeah like, like they're a really cool little little family and the story itself isn't yeah and that's what's nice about um these festival experiences we're not seeing we're not only seeing you know genre films that we've been really excited to see for a while by directors that we're well aware of it's also a chance for a lot of filmmakers to kind of give their first example yeah. of a film like their first polished full narrative film which is maybe not you know them at their full development but we get to see these early signs and yeah. potentials of um, creators that we've never even heard of before yeah dude 100 percent. um and i i really i really enjoyed you know the movies that i got to see uh cannot recommend Seder enough personally Great. yeah and same with the riot girls for me so those are our two picks of the fest i'd say uh, yeah that's definitely uh, yeah we just want to say thanks to fantasia fest for um giving us this remote access yeah absolutely it's been a blast mm-hmm. enjoy your coverage <laughs> oh thanks so much yeah, and um, there's definitely more festivals coming this fall, so look forward to more more episodes of us just doing Scare and Tell all day. Yeah, um, so yeah, keep an eye out for those movies. Thanks, guys, so much for listening. Um, mm-hmm. You can find us on all the social medias and stuff. Uh, letterbox.com slash Chris Vandenberg, letterbox.com slash Dave Saw. Um, and we'll be back next week with a, a regular, regular movie app. Yeah, um, so thanks for listening. You can't scare me, I'm already dead inside.